Welcome to Bad Dad's Film Review, the podcast that saw the well and truly overcrowded film enthusiast genre and thought us too. We did recently pass by and in fact smash through what was to us anyway a pretty significant milestone. 25,000 downloads. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's rad. It's bad for All a right day's work. It's not a lot to some. Saidi and I are members of a technical community on podcasting and barely a week goes by where some mouth-breathing, humble-bragging true crime podcaster doesn't post a screenshot asking whether their podcast on true crimes involving the rape and murder of your dad, which has been released for 15 minutes and has 2 million downloads, is performing. But we were genuinely chuffed. Is, that, the, is this a good amount of downloads? Yeah. Oh, fuck off. Yeah, yeah. And we, it's, we're chuffed to hit that mark and we yeah. genuinely only once actually, used an automated bot uh, yeah, to publicise us. Yeah, but I actually was, I was so thrilled I was run over by a steam engine. Yeah. I was chuffed a bit. <laughs> oh, very good. But yeah, so it's just real people who've listened to us, which is cool. So thank you for, you know, listening to our, sharing our dubious takes and our infantile in-jokes and all that. So Thank you very much. It's about time you started paying us, though. <laughs> yeah, if we could have a pound for each download. That would be lovely. This week's show is, of course, brought to you by co-host Sidey, Dan and myself, Reeks, and we're going to be discussing the top five movie montages what did I say? Montages. Montage. Uh, this that. is montage. how we do it. It's <laughs> um, a montage Jordan. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're going to be talking about the 2019 Jennifer Lopez true crime movie Hustlers hmm. and the preschool phenomenon Teletubbies, which we as parents will all have endured multiple times. Yeah, uh, we were supposed to be joined by Howie, but he had to pull out. He did let were. us know out his thoughts about hmm. the main movie. We'll, so we'll get onto that when we, that. yeah. You've just returned, Sidey, from Lapland, where you were bothering elves and such. Mm. Yeah, it was fucking great. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah. Tell us, I mean, do you, spoil it for me, because I'm never going to go to Lapland, I don't uh, think. So. It's really cold. It was minus yeah. 25 when we got there. Mm-hmm. It's chilly. We were the first guests of the season, but also for years because of COVID. So when we got there, everything, like the snow, everything was just fucking completely immaculate. It was oh, crisp. Wow. We met the big guy, met Santa. Yeah. He was real. So that was good. I drove a Does snow. Does it look good? Do you like, are there like elves working behind the scenes in the top? Like, where's the toy shop? Do they see that? And the- They don't see that, but you, you get the, I say the one we went to, of course it's the real one. So yeah. we get, you get picked up by a reindeer pulling a sleigh and you actually get in that and you go off and it actually started snowing while we we're doing it, it was you pretty fly. fucking cool yeah you fly in and you land and an elf comes out of this hot cabin in the woods type of scenario and says is you, it a regular sized person but are they wearing like elf ears or they or? like your height yeah you'd need yeah. to be it was chilly and then they show you inside and you meet santa and then we go and that was all great but then we got to drive snowmobiles which was fucking Ooh. rad that was so much better yeah. So yeah, the big guy was there. My daughter had actually got him a gift, which was a bit, he was blown away by turning that. the oh. tables. I was the like, big guy, fucking brown nose, trying to get on the good list like that. Um, no, smart that works. Boys, yeah. Smart. But there was one particular family on the trip who were complete cunts. So that right. was good. Yeah, not, not wankers. You guys. No, we Dif- were different set. No, there was. What, tell us of, about the cunts. It, everything is like it is quite a lot of organised fun. So it's mm. you're at this hotel. It's a lot of guests so the hotel is full and it actually isn't big enough to be able to host everyone for say meal times and all that so mm. it's all divided into groups and you get a coach to wherever you need to go and they say right this is the time and they specifically said for that one you can't be fucking late because it is all fucking divvied out time yeah, slots yeah. whatever so don't be fucking wankers 
Um, and another one, they, they were late for that, of course. And another one, the the husky sledding one, they were like half an hour late. And it's like, you fucking ignorant cunts, like get on the fucking bus. And they kids were Were they awful. delaying you the whole time yeah, as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. I would have yeah. fucking had them killed like instantly, like mm. without a hint of fucking like remorse. Like they should have been killed. Right. And 13 did, what was their, when they turned up, were they, what was their demeanor? Were they embarrassed or just? No, just couldn't give a fuck. They English. Yeah, they're English. Oh, they were, I think, all West Ham fans. They, the, <laughs> the husky one, they were late because they didn't want to miss lunch. Get to lunch earlier, you fucks. Anyway, oh. that's well, look, look, if they're no. West Ham, they can do what the fuck they like. They're massive. That's but great. The, Thanks, the side effect of being away was that I did download. We had no Wi-Fi. I should say. So I had oh, preloaded nice. my iPad with a few films to watch when I had a bit of downtime. So I watched War Dogs. Ah, good. I really liked. Yeah. Jonah Hill and Miles Teller one. Jonah Hill's got some crazy laugh in there. <laughs> 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 yeah, I did enjoy that. And I also watched Sound of Metal. Oh, nice. I'm going to choose that one time. So, good. Yeah. It's very good. Seen okay, that one yet? I've not. No. Yeah, it's good. I'm going to choose that some week. And I've been also getting through, I've got a little bit left to go in it. The cop, the devil, mm. his wife, their lover, and the, yeah, the thingy. Yeah, the thief, yeah. the cook. Yeah, and that's been good so far. I'm enjoying that. Okay, nice. I'm also tucking into He-Man. Season two, which oh. has been great so far. And Kevin Smith, he, he just won't leave us alone yeah. on Twitter. I started Hawkeye and also have queued up but not watched. I was going to ask you, Dan, because I think this would be up your alley, the Beatles get back thing. On oh, the Disney one. No, I, I've not seen the Peter Jackson. Mm. Oh, yeah. man, I watched them. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. They're doing Get Back. I've seen that clip, that yeah. That clip is amazing. It's just out of like nowhere. You just yeah. come, you know, fucking I'm, Yeah, I'm, I'm Talent, real talent. <laughs> I'm looking, yeah, I'm looking but forward forced to talent it. as well. He just makes it happen yeah. out of nowhere. It's just yeah. That I mean, that is that is going to be well worth seeing. So it's out now. That one, yeah, it's on all, Disney, it's all on Disney. Right, yeah. Okay, because yeah, it was a few months ago. I'd seen the trailers hmm. and everything. Look, look tasty. I've been waiting actually for the Netflix documentary of the book I've just been reading, which is Beyond Possible: Fourteen Peaks, and it's about this guy Nimstai Perja who decided to. <laughs> It's just fucking crazy. Climb all 14 mountains over 8,000 metres in as quick a time as possible. The previous record was seven years. He said he would do it in seven months. Like, literally, he goes up Everest, he comes back down, and then he goes up and Makalu, which are the mountains next to it, within 48 hours, he's done all three. <laughs> I mean, people go what, up- what was the delay in the rest then? So it was it was basically visas and, oh, and right. travel and that kind of thing. Crazy. You know, it was just organization. He could have done if if they'd have just smoothed the path and, mm. and flown in for he'd have probably done it even quicker. It's had he nuts. climbed them all before? So or he, was this no, his it, first time climbing? It, it was his he'd done some eight thousand meter mountains before, I think two or three. He just found he was really good at them. I mean he's a badass guy. Imagine know, that though. I'm really fucking good at climbing mountains as long as they're 8,000 meters. It's 7,900. I can't do it. Yeah, it, it's but just it's... incredible, the the achievement, what he's done to show what is possible. Because mm. basically, you would have said back in the 1950s when, mm. you know, Sir Edmund Hillary and Tenzing Norgay are climbing Everest for the first time, what he's doing then would have been impossible. Of course, they've got different equipment. You know, they've got better suits and mm. everything to protect them from the cold radios and, and oxygen where, where they need it but still the the effort 
to have gone and mm. done that. Did you um, say this was a Netflix documentary? So this is a Netflix documentary. It's out now. And oh, it I'm going to watch that. It's yeah. really decent. But, you know, the, the other climbing ones we've seen, which I'd like to put here as a nomination, I think. So it'll either be this one or Free Solo. That was I've seen. Quite, quite a documentary. Han Solo's brother. Yeah, yeah. that's mm. right. Yeah. Mm. Rick, you must have... What yeah, well, it? I had considerable man flu and I was down for a while. And man it, down, man down. Mm, and, and it gave me time to explore the Halloween franchise. Uh, and I started with number one, which is just obviously an absolute masterpiece. And number two, which I really fondly enjoyed. I love number, number three, two. I didn't realise was a completely unrelated movie. Very bizarre, con- you know, exploding. Well, so it's, not, it's not Michael Myers? He's briefly on TV at, at one point. That's the oh, only okay. Never seen that one. No, I, I would recommend doing what I did, actually, watching them all. Then 4, 5, and 6, which explores this bizarre cult thing. A 6 is terrible, but 5 is okay. And then it sort of reboots it with H2O, which I is saw what that I cinef- remember. I yeah. went to the cinema too. It was pretty good. And that kind of picks up after Halloween 2. So, And then the one after that, there's... Oh, Two after that, which are both pretty dreadful. And then it goes to the Rob Zombie ones. And that's just awful. And I had to stop there. I never knew there were so many, to be honest. Yeah, there are a lot. But I was trying to build up to nominate the proper rebooty thing, which I haven't seen. No, well, the one before that, though. Okay. There's ha- there's a I think it's just called Halloween again, but it's kind of a rebooty sequel thing that was made in 2018, which I'm led to believe was pretty good. So I'm building up to watch that at some point. Cool. Mm. We had a top five of mirrors. Mirrors. Yeah, we did. We did have some. We uh, Breachy nominated something, but only via the power of a GIF, and I don't honestly know what it is. Shut over here. No, Breachy, get back to us. Breachy. Get back to us and uh, and inform us. That's Jake Gyllenhaal. That yeah. is Breachy. We need we need closure on that. Mel, all the way from Australia, has done obviously the magic mirror from you know mirror mirror on the wall. We've got the Magic Mirror from Shrek and Harry Potter um, and then Nate showing disrespect to mirrors in Ted Lasso, which I've not seen and I really want to get in, involved. Ted Lasso, in. yeah. yeah, I want to see that. Dustin can read and watch stuff um, on Twitter, nominate The Craft, which does actually look pretty cool. Mm. And Peter Weaver just simply says Oculus. Yeah, that's a good one. Mike Flanagan movie, Karen Gillen. Gillen. It's good, actually. It's really good. So that's that an evil mirror. That's a lot. I feel like we should put in breaches just so that we if force Breachy, her. Thank you for the unspecified gif. Yeah, that t- is the winner of our top five. Hail to unspecified gif. Yeah. Okay. If if cat was it Kate Gillen, Karen Karen Gillen. Karen, Gillen. Karen Gillen. If she's in a hall, would she become Kate Gillen Hall? <laughs> Karen Gillen <laughs> Hall. Karen Gillen. Yeah. Maybe not. There might be a joke in there somewhere, I'm somewhere. not sure. We'll explore that another day. Did we have a top five this month, week, day? <laughs> we, this, did? we did? We, we absolutely do have a top five this week. It's Reeg's nomination, so I'll let him do the... Uh, yeah, the I think this is the only way to start this week's top five. Okay. Remind everyone. 
Oh, that was nice. He's given away a few secrets to a good montage there. Yeah, that's within the lyrics. used completely without permission. I'm really sorry about that, but it's really the only way to start the top five movie montages because it so successfully deconstructs the montage. And the, the, the montage in that particular clip was Team America. Mm. You've not I've seen it, seen. Oh, it's no. great. Is there any particular reason why you dodged it? It's puppets. Yeah, it's yeah. so much better for it. Mm. It's yeah, funny, I've, ne- I've never really been a big puppet person, I think. Anomalisa found oh, that no, no, no. Well. How do you feel about the Muppets? Yeah, not... You know, I like the Muppets, but I've, I've not prejudiced. been... You're yeah. prejudiced. I may be a, a Muppetist. Yeah. They do... They, they send up, you know, what the whole purpose of using the puppets is funny in it, and it's it is fucking great. Maybe it's I'll so give funny. it a go if you force me. There's to a sex scene time. that's just really incredible. Yeah. Okay. There's also the montage moment. Yes. So montage is French, comes from monter. Wish Pete was here to do that. It means to mount or to assemble. And it uses one of the most important concepts in editing, which is the Kuleshov effect, which we've probably all read a little bit about this week i've been on it nice. for it. it was named after a great russian filmmaker lev kuleshov and he was able to demonstrate that an audience derives more meaning from the interaction of two sequential shots than from a single shot so right. he could you could show a man's face and then show a bowl of soup and the audience thinks he's hungry or and okay. you show a man's the same man's face and you show a chick and we assume he's horny and it's like a really important principle in filmmaking and montages exploit that to show individual clips connected making an entire sequence often showing a series of compressed events to show time passing mm. in juxtaposing yeah we could have a whole subgenre of just fight training montages yes, yeah. i've got you a lot of those could. i mean rocky Every Rocky film, I think, has a montage. It does, yeah. And and some some are, are awesome and some are just totally fucking amazing, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, the classic one from the first movie where you get the iconic music and he's running along the train tracks mm. and then he's, he's running through the markets and the streets of his hometown and then he's using a speed bag and then, you know, you understand he's been hit in the stomach, he's pounding meat in the freezer. yeah. And you know he's getting faster and stronger, and the music is literally telling us Hold that he's getting stronger. Fire. Well, not yeah, in this one. Like that, no, that, it's rich, that one. That's yeah. four. Yeah, that's, that's four. four. I thought, right, so Rocky Four, almost a third of its runtime is montages. <laughs> uh, I know I've talked for ages, but do you mind if I yeah, get yeah, into them? It. Because right at the beginning, we got one. We got so we got seven montage in rocky four right at the beginning we get the club of lang fight with eye of the tiger and then it's not until almost halfway through the movie that you get the next one after rocky has agreed to fight drago, uh, drago in russia he goes off to think about moments from all the other rocky mo- movies in his <laughs> it's car. a good montage i watched yeah. this film probably about i know two months ago it's still great it's a great it plays montage. the whole track the whole album track of no easy way out by robert temper nice. four and a half minutes of montage while he thinks about the previous movies then you get a few <laughs> bars of burning heart um, by survivors they look for a farm in russia and then you get the first training montage which is the brilliant one where dre goes in the lab and he's yeah, in yeah, the yeah. snow and they show it you know his That's run- a great montage, actually. Drago's running machine, where it's basically a cliff. He's yeah, he's got all the 
the high spec yeah. devices and and basically Rocky's got he's he's got some snow well, and a log the, you've, to yeah, train but with. You've got That's the great it. shots of Drago's like smashing out his sparring partners and mm. Rocky's chopping down a tree yeah. with an axe. It's like oh, it's brilliant. And then after that one, there's one almost straight afterwards, which is the Hearts on Fire one. It's Vince DiCola did that one. Uh, Hearts on Fire. We were just listening to it before. It's written but with Joe Esposito, who did The Best Around, which hey, was John in the Wee. Karate Kid montage that we'll almost certainly talk about. Sure. And that's when he's training in the barn, doing the sit-ups and lifting the wagon. Mm. I, w- I wonder if they've that. got special montage people or they uh, they just think, right, I will, we'll do this. But there is no... Rocky Four actually has someone called James Simons and he's credited as montage editor. Yeah, I, I can imagine. It's, <laughs> it's such amazing. a specialist yeah. kind of... Uh, so then after that, rounds four to 14 of the fight, 14 rounds uh, of the big fight. They're all a montage as well. And then it ends uh, on a montage with mm. hearts on fire again over a photo. So there it is, Rocky Four. Well, montage. all the Rockies, really. I mean, they're, they're all in there with some, as you pointed out, some fantastic montage stuff. I, I guess it's tough to follow that because it is it is the, the montage of, of the it's gods, amazing, really, isn't, isn't it? It's got it all, yeah. But there's, there's a good one in Bloodsport. As yeah. well, I mean, I, I think any of these '80s films, they loved the montage, didn't they? It was very yeah. '80s thing. I think it must have just been going on. But you've got that. You've got Jean Claude Van Damme. He's he's Frank Ducks. Yeah, you know, true story. Um, true story. Stationed in Hong Kong, and well, there, there's just no specific t- tune in the in the background. But he's he's kind of smacking trees and bamboo and, and all the rest of it, getting fit and, and ready. It's got that 1980s martial arts theme. And we, we see Frank go from just a, an average martial arts fight at the beginning of montage yeah. to absolute ninja at the end of well, montage. That is T- the classic thing, yeah, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's yeah. character development and... and Tanaka. Tanaka's his, his coach. That's but right, he yeah. sort of ties him up in some weird sort of fetish... <laughs> BDSM yeah, he spread eagles machine. him to yeah, it. Yeah, to see his dick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but he tenses his dick so hard yeah. that he breaks the whole machine the and is also dick. awesome at Kung Fu or whatever martial art it is, not specified. It's, it's Van Damme. Hmm. He also has a similar kind of vibe going on in Kickboxer, yeah. which was the film that followed a year after. He's His brother is paralysed by a Muay Thai fighter called Tung Po, a friend of mine who's now a complete conspiracy nut. We used to quote this film a lot because it has some really cheesy kind of Van Damme dialogue, but the accent just takes it up to 11. It's fucking great. It's not a bad movie, this, actually. It's it not as good as Bloodsport, but it is still very good. He is, again, has this sort of mentor, older, wiser you know expert that mentors him via some sort of synthy kind of soundtrack it's not as great as Bloodsport, but it is basically a carbon copy of exactly the same shit mm. um, not very good fighter quick montage brilliant fighter yeah <laughs> watchmen the Ooh. sort of intro i really love the movie watchmen i think yeah. it's almost as good as or maybe even better i know that's heresy i think the change to doc manhattan being the We've argued about this a lot. Yeah. Uh, But anyway, the whole thing's set to Bob Dylan's times, they are a changing. And then it's like a timeline of events that occurs in the alternate. Have you seen Watchmen? Yeah. 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 Well, you lent me the uh, the book as well, didn't you? The comic book. Yeah. It was really good. 
And you see how, you know, it's this stunning sequence where you see how the world has been slightly different. You get the original Night Owl, the 40s version, is punching a robber in the jaw, and it's got Batman's parents in the background, by the way, and that nerdy nerdy. And you get the Silk Spectre and the comedian and the, the aircraft, the Enola Gay, as it bombs Hiroshima with Silk Spectre on the side. And then you've got Doc Manhattan meets JFK. And uh, then JFK being shot by the comedian and uh, you get the famous photograph of the flower in the gun, you know, all Mm. the while with Bob Dylan crooning on Nixon being elected. And all of it is like this whole mini story setting up the world um, all to the sort of three minutes of this. And and Zack Snyder's done it a few times in his movies, those little montages to establish the world. I really like him. Well, that's where they're used best, isn't it? To just move the story Mm. along and to get big kind of plots into small spaces Mm. and and just put it through that way. But not always like that. Sometimes it's just to to build characters and things, isn't it? And one was The Breakfast Club and you've got, they're all dancing along to a song, We Are Not Alone. And it just kind of shows the, the friends now a little more comfortable despite their differences as they've all been kind of d- put in detention on a, on a Saturday. Well, they're all getting stoned, you know? aren't they? Bender's it, brought a joint to the detention right. and yeah. they're all getting hammered. And yeah, is his name Bender? Just, Have I just made that up? No, I think it is Bender, is his name. Yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's, it's a great movie that, and this is a, this is a good montage to go along with it. A bit, bit of dancing, bit of rhythm, you know, and well, they're ridiculous. in it as well. First it's, of all, what's his name? Anthony Michael Hall or whatever is the one who was yeah. in Weird the Science. The clever one. Yeah. He gets stoned and starts doing like racist black impressions, doesn't he? Um, he's like, "Oh, chicken, hold this smoke," or sort of like. That's right. Can, yeah. Wow. Is that now me doing it? And then Emilio Estevez gets really high and breaks a door by shouting. Wow, that's in the yeah. montage, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's all kind of part of the 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 thrill of being high, I guess. The Godfather is not immune <laughs> from <laughs> yeah from having a montage, and it's the uh, it's the finale where. We're at the christening of his nephew, who oh, he's going right. to be the godfather to. And the dude, the vicar, priest, whatever he's called, he's he's saying about the devil, do you renounce him? And then you have a montage of all the other different crime bosses being fucking executed. Going on at, um, same at the time, same time, yeah. yeah. So it's showing you, you know, two separate things. It's not a training one. It's a slightly different way of showing you his full descent or transformation into the godfather is a powerful one yeah there's lots of lots of edit in there isn't it mm. that just kind of it's just crosses gun. over and cut back gun cut back it's great bill murray's suicides in groundhog day oh, um, oh yeah they're not as many as you as you remember actually i watched a few of them today he's obviously pittsburgh weatherman phil connor's assigned to cover the groundhog day festivities what's it pucks are tawny tawny there's actually a couple of good montages in in the movie there's there's the suicide montage where you've got i've got you babe and then he goes downstairs in his pajamas and he gets the toaster and gets in the bath and (laughs) and he steps out in front of a truck and he jumps from a church tower and stuff and there's another good one as well where he's perfecting his seduction routine do you remember that and he's talking to oh the waitress andy mcdowell not the waitress the she works with him Right, yeah, he's yeah, talking. He's chatting her up in the bar, and he asks her what he what she did at college. I think she says, "Oh, uh, believe it or not, I studied nineteenth century French poetry." And he just goes, "What a waste of time!" <laughs> <laughs> and then it just cuts back to show that moment happening. Lots of good, and there's yeah, there's some other bits a bit like that. It's great. 
Brilliant. Um, dirty Dancing. Now, there's... Oh, we were talking about this yeah, earlier. Yeah, we were just talking about earlier. So I thought you might have had it on your montage scene as well. But you've Not got, seen it. You've got Janny, who's um, a perfectionist and, and dancing. And you've got a Jennifer Grey, who, who's baby. And she's working really hard to be the stellar dancers by the end of the movie. And, you know, they've got this kind of sexual tension going on. Yeah. And it's a, it's a holiday romance, obviously... Johnny is the the cool kid on the block. He's the the guy who knows all the moves, and she's just becoming a woman, really. And she's she's with her dad and her mum and her sister, and it's it's a family thing. But she sneaks off to have uh, secret dance sessions and great montage. You've got that lifting up of the water, you know. In it's the, water the same as the Rocky and- montage or the other. It's like a fight training montage, but for being a really good dancer, right? Yeah. Yeah, basically. We see the character um, progression. That's it. A, mont- a montage will work in many ways, shapes mm. and forms. And mm. it worked in this. This was this was a, a strong montage. I've got another movie with multiple montages. Mm. Yeah, well, is there any DOS? Anyway, the Raw Tenenbaums. Oh, yeah. We have an establishing montage, which gives us the whole cast broken down. So you have Raw Tenenbaum himself as being broke. He's thinking we see him being evicted from his hotel room that he lives in. We see Richie, his tennis career and its failure and his clearly infatuation with Margot. Eli Cash is shown to us as a successful writer, but he's very insecure. We've got Margot herself as a very secretive sort of character and Mm. has had many different sort of paths in her life and so on and so on and so on. But my favourite one in the film is the Needle in the Hay montage, which is Luke Wilson's character, I forget his name now, Richie. Richie, yeah. He is clearly depressed and the needle in the hay is the track by Elliot Smith that's playing at the top and the montage is him just showing he looks in the mirror and he's obviously got his big beard and um, his long hair and he starts to hack it off and you see the mirror cuts to the sink with bits falling in and then the, I think the lights quickly flash and then it's blood and you, without mm. explicitly showing it you know that he's slit his wrists mm. so it's it's another real powerful one and the soundtrack everything it works really well I mean it's Wes Anderson he's fucking... great with the montage as well as a really good one yeah. in that movie another one the where he does the background check on Margot as well he goes through like her sexual history oh yeah yeah yeah. Um, yeah yeah she's got a missing toe hasn't she yeah yeah she started smoking when she was 12 I think a real master of montage is Edgar Wright. You know, a baby driver is the whole movie is kind of a montage, but <clears throat> in particular, he uses them to do these like transitions. He was rejected from film school twice. Wow. Edgar Wright. So there's, you know, hope for you out there if you're interested in that sort of thing. His his movies are always like cut to a rhythm and a beat, mm. but then he, he's got this way of transitioning between scenes showing you like somebody's morning routine with a smear of jam and a piss and you know something like that like in Shaun of the Dead or um, you know various iterations of his plans that always end up with him like drinking a pint back at the Winchester and that sort of thing Um, you get a lot of like tone and comedy and uh, rhythm and energy injected into the movie that way so he's like a real master of it Edgar Wright Top man. And another one that I've I've got here for for montage is the the brilliant Lust for Life one from mm. Train Spotting. So you've got it, it kinda again just builds the characters, doesn't it? You by the end of the montage, you know what these kind of people are like. You've got Sick Boy 
Um, Fowler's a player then denies it's his fault. You've got Begbie, Fowler's a player and smiles about it, you know. So you've got these other ones. Spud runs away from the ball and, and just weedily hmm. fails to make it. And, you know, Tommy, the, the golden boy, is playing well, holding players. So you've got this kind of understanding of... And that's the best montages, mm. I think, you know, when they really move it along. And before it, you know it, very quick, short space of time... You would have known, you know, lots of about a character or, mm-hmm. or about a, a situation. Then it would have taken a lot longer if they'd have followed the 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 theme they did. Maybe in the midweek, as we said, where it was all <laughs> plot, plot, plot. Yeah, you know, of of they could have done with a a montage maybe in that in the in the Dan Brown thing. Yeah, yeah, but it's- yeah. You could have just montaged the entire movie. Yeah. Karate Kid, we've mentioned it, but we haven't discussed it. That's also multiple montages. We've got the classic fight training montage, but also the end fight sequence up until the Johnny fight is a montage. Oh, right. Yeah, all the little... little Yeah, because it's cut... Because it's a tournament, it's not just daniel's fighting they also show some of the other people and the cobra kai yeah. guys beating them and then it, you the know, guy looks like the, Luke Skywalker. Yeah, yeah he dies the, and also it's just a month until cobra kai's back yeah that's exciting so it's very wow, exciting that's season already, three season four four and yeah. aren't they like 90 percent the way through season five as yeah well, i believe filming so. It, so yeah it's, yes. it's strong it's gonna keep on giving the montage that keeps giving Christopher Nolan's pretty good with the old montage. He uses it in Batman Begins. It seems like it's just a training montage, but it's not. There's actually a few different things going on with character as well, because Ducard, who is his sort of mentor at that point, is also secretly Ra's al Ghul, and there's a lot going on in terms of, you know, that you can look back later and see what's getting. And he also sets him on the path of vengeance that, you know, ends up with him becoming Batman. And then Nolan often likes to finish his movies with montages. I think the ending of Memento is basically a montage where you sort of see the events of the film. In Ironically, you can't remember it. Yeah. Interstellar as well. I know you haven't seen mm. that. Um, Dunkirk finishes like You've that. not seen Interstellar? No. Wow. Oh, that's a nice one to come. Mm. And the end of Usual Suspects is a montage together. Everything over yeah. all the verbal Yeah, Footloose is my final montage suggestion, and it's it's when Kevin Bacon Wren is trying to teach Willard, which is played by who played by Christopher Penn, how to dance. Kevin Bacon's the new boy in town. He's dancing's band or something. He's dancing's band in in this town. He can't believe it, so they all sneak off to a a barn and, and that kind of thing and just dance, just dance. But you know, there's there's some big bromance moments in this. Loggins, isn't it? Yeah, it's Kenny yeah. Loggins, and and it's also let's hear it for the boy by Denise Williams in in this one. I think so. It's not that hardcore training scene, but it shows that kind of progression. It's a fun hmm. way that they're. Yeah. He's well, he's, re- no, he's, he's relieving it. his his stresses, isn't he? He's That's like right. pounding it out against the world as he. Yeah, and he, he's he's also making a a friend in a new town and, and mm. that kind of thing, teaching him how mm. to. And he gets a little bit better, of course, and and it's all great. Mate, I'll rattle through the rest of mine then. Up starts with the heart oh. heart rending relationship history of our Carl. Yeah, it's brilliant. Mr. Fredrickson, yeah. It's the best bit of the film. The rest is really boring, as we know. (laughs) We all agree on that. Ghostbusters has, when they they fully become the the crew and it's all busy, that's all done via montage. 
And Plus, there's that weird moment where Dan Aykroyd gets a blowjob from a ghost. Yeah, yeah, in a PG film. Yeah, which I reckon I was probably about 23 before I realised what was going on there when I watched that. Yeah, busting makes them feel good. And Mulan is yeah, another yeah. training montage, but it's also about transsexuals, I suppose. The song is I'll Make a Man Out of You no. because she obviously isn't allowed to fight in the army as a as a lady. So she has to pull them all mm. over their eyes. Mm. She's hot as well. Not not done, Mulan. I'm talking about the animated version, not oh, right. the genocide-supporting live-action remake. Well, I haven't seen... I'm not sure if I've seen either. It's good. That well, The animated one's really good. Mm. Yeah. I mean, she's no Princess Jasmine, but she is still super hot. Mm. Fight Club. There's a homework assignment, which is to start a fight with a total stranger and lose, uh, which is harder than you think, actually. And it shows some people sort of attempting it. There's a guy spraying him with water and the guy's like, excuse me, you sprayed me. It's <laughs> you like, shouldn't even be it's... talking about this. There's only one rule about, uh, yeah. you know, first rule about Fight Club. Well, that was Project Mayhem. Yeah, that was Project Mayhem. Yeah. There's the failed seduction of Eve in Wally, which is pretty good. Also up there with Up, a Pixar Mm. one and then probably if we're finishing up contagion and it makes me fucking laugh how conspiracy theorists they point to this thing like war games and exercises that took place a few years ago as evidence that covid was a sort mm. of fucking engineered or staged but scott z burns and steven soderbergh they brought contagion to us um in i think 2011 yeah, while back yeah, and at the end of the movie, it shows what caused the global pandemic. Uh, pan- Baton of pandemic. Pandemic. Yeah, pandemic. <laughs> Hi, <laughs> Scotland. And it basically, it was Gwyneth Paltrow's fault, basically. Yeah. A construction crew. She had an affair. From her companies cutting down a tree in a forest in China, which causes some bats to oh, fly out. bat, yeah. And one bat had the virus, and it grabs a piece of banana, and it's perched above a pig's pen, and the pig eats the dropped banana, and then is slaughtered at a market for food. And the chef handles the dead pig and he touches the inside of the Mm. infected pig's mouth. And then he's touching with his hands, hasn't washed his hands. And he goes out to the dining room and he poses in a picture with um, Gwyneth Paltrow. And that starts the virus, which um, killed us all. So it was all Gwyneth Paltrow's fault is basically what I was trying to say. And I assume you hate her. Oh, massively. Yeah. Yeah. So even more now. Yeah. But she does die and has her head cut open so that it wasn't all bad. Mm. It's going to be tough to to pick the which Rocky montage for me should go in. So I'm going to listen to what you two say. Well, I'm going to be putting in the Needle in Hay montage from the Royal Tenenbaums. Oh, nice. I am going to go with the first training montage, Drago in the laboratory and Rocky in the snow in Rocky 4. That's my favourite That's That's a strong one. I'm also going to go Rocky, though. So we're going double Rocky because it's the the one-handed push-ups, Rocky punching raw meat and running up the the famous steps in in Philadelphia uh, Museum of Art that uh, in Rocky. Mm. the original so i would nominate him for do you reckon this. a day goes by where someone doesn't do no. that run in Philadelphia? No, there's not a day mm. we need then two nominations from our devoted listeners so we look forward to uh, hearing what you think i have supplied us with some cheese this evening no jingle though i'm afraid just for the three of us we've got some leftover cheese but dan looks a little bit manky in there to be honest with you but I have bought us some St. Vernier pasteurised cow's milk cheese. It's soft and gooey with hints of fruit and wine. Washed is a washed rind cheese. Were you getting the fruits and the wine? I'm not going to lie, it tastes just like 
brie, really. So Generic, it's nice enough, creamy but it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't have a real distinctive vibe going with it. Is it. Didn't we have one like that before? I think when I picked this up, I thought, oh, I've never tried that one. Let's have that one. And when I read the thing out at home, I was like, I think I'm pretty sure we have had it's, that one It's before. just the the kind of flowered yeah, yeah. cup. I recognise. And then Wookie Hole Cheddar, because I know, Dan, you're, that's the sort of thing you might enjoy. That was nice. Yeah, you gave me a little slice of that. Yeah. So that is... The anus of a Wookie. Yes, is exactly. And it's smooth and full-flavoured with nutty. That's probably what the anus that's, bit is, the nutty the, bit. The um, earthy notes from maturing in the Wookie Hole's cave, which definitely sounds like a euphemism for mm. something. So that's the cheese dealt with. And that segues very nicely into this week's movie, Riggs, which you nominated. Yes. I had it was hustlers. Should we go straight into Howie's feedback before we get into plot, or do you want to save that to later? Oh, I don't know. You, are you keen to get it out there? Well, Howie, he hated it, didn't he? There he he fucking hates it. He hates it's it. the worst thing he's ever seen. Yeah, both him and his missus really hated this. Yeah, she called it tripe, and yeah, he went big on it's the worst thing he's seen. I think three messages about how much he hated it, which is quite a lot. <laughs> yeah, and like over days of you know, yeah. it wasn't just all in a row. Yeah, yeah. No, he had time to think about it, yeah. didn't he? Um, uh, I have been recommended this movie by uh, someone who used to listen to the pod, I think, and described it as only okay, which I think is okay, that's fair. a step up from it. Yeah, so it's a sort of true crime movie starring Jennifer Lopez. Yeah, yeah, and it took Jane place knows. after the financial crash, mostly the crime part, but the movie starts before it in two thousand and seven. It's straight into a strip club, effectively. Yeah. It's a struggling stripper who sees a very successful dancer, stripper, and... Wants a bit of that Well, action. we start with a kind it's, of... It's based on an article, isn't it? It's, yeah. a, it's a true story, mm. or it's based on a true story, which mm. was featured in in an article. So it was a, it was a big story, big news story at, at a time. And yeah, it's, as you said, this it's, it's based in a, in a strip club. Mm-hmm. And it, and it starts with Constance Wu, who's Destiny, and she's kind of backstage and there's all stuff happening around her. And then it's this sort of, it is a sort of Scorsese-esque long take as she it is, yeah. walks through mm. the back. Uh, Slow camera just in behind the shoulder, yeah. wandering on, moving along at the same speed. And as she's going through, meeting different characters, they're passing yeah. through the scene. Yeah. I mean, it's it, just that, that like Goodfellas, isn't it? It, I mean, is, it is, yeah. And she goes out onto stage and there's, like a group of salivating idiotic men waving money at them. Drunk, and then really. she goes back off stage down onto the floor, all in a single take. There's no cuts yet. And uh, some guy shouts a racial slur, basically Lucy Lou, come over here. Hmm. Um, and uh, it's all impressive stuff. And it's Janet Jackson's control is playing in the background. And it's quite, well, I few. thought it was showing us having initially having a good night, you know, money wise. And then it, it, it mm. goes along and she has to give her a cut to the house and then someone basically shakes her down for some money and someone else shakes her down for some more money and I think she fans out the money when she's catting it and she's made about 80, 90 bucks or something like that for yeah. a, a night's work <laughs> where she's had to deal with some real scumbags um, scumbags mm. who are or just drunken idiots at, at best you know and yeah, it didn't seem a lot of money she come out with, did it? And she, you can see she looks at it and she's like, oh, fucking hell. And that goes straight to grandmother. Exactly. Because she's living with her grandmother who's <laughs> who's brought her up as we're, we're kind of, we find out or you you know. And everything goes to her. So she's she's straight back at into into work again, isn't she? Until she meets J-Lo, until she sees this absolute queen, this stunner having guys 
throwing money at Ramona. Us. Ramona. Mm. Mona, yeah. And she's she's got this big kind of stage show where she comes out and... Well, she, um, we haven't seen Constance or Destiny, rather, perform as no. such, but we do see that Ramona, she does the whole pole dance routine. The guy's just fucking throwing bundles of cash at her on the stage. It is literally covered in money there's people putting the dollar bills in yeah. her outfit and as she walks off stage she says to destiny doesn't money make you horny something like that my wife hated this movie i think she certainly hated this scene started playing with her phone straight away she was the power of j-lo's ass because it was really a thing but anyway it is actually very purposefully and carefully shot from destiny's perspective mm. not from any any of the men in the audience so although it is very male gazy because it is a stripper j-lo mm. she's 52 this year i think so, so she was 50 fucking incredible she, this. she does look amazing she's doing all this athletic shit but the intent of the performance is to show it from destiny's perspective who is in awe of this powerful yeah. enviable person i think it does and the camera is she's a giant on screen this powerful presence of femininity so what i'm trying to say is the sequence is actually shot from the female gaze in the yeah. room um yeah it would just so. be ass cracks and it's like tits otherwise female yeah. director as well yeah. i think this yeah. Is. yeah yeah and you see j-lo working the pole and what she's doing there ain't easy. It ain't easy, you know. No. I mean, she's, she's... I couldn't fucking do it. No way. It's, you know, she's got one le leg wrapped around this pole and one arm, and she's able to control herself and hold herself and move mm. down. Is this and, the where she's showing her the moves or the actual routine? I, I think it's, it's actually she does later. A bit of she shows a little bit of they have a, both sides. They they meet. She's upstairs having a ciggy in her fur coat. And uh, I, this bit I thought was a bit daft. They, I, must I, just be, thought, I thought I, this was one of the better scenes of the film. I just thought the, the introduction, they, they just became friends. And like after about one second of meeting each other, she was just like, yeah, okay, I'll mother hen you. Like, yeah, you know. yeah. I, I was like, well, that happened really fast. It, it, yeah, well, yeah, it was because yeah. it was so early. I didn't, you know, I just thought, oh, maybe that's the, the pace of, of things and how we're going to move through. And I can take it that she's just kind of opened the coat up for her straight away. Mm. And it's two girls on a, on a cold, like, New York rooftop. And she's got the most warm looking legs and coat that she just wraps around <laughs> I, I never understood at all whether or not there was supposed to be a sexual element oh, to I didn't their think relationship there was. I, I wasn't sure at that stage yeah. there but no there isn't it's it's very much almost a, a mother daughter kind of relationship yeah. where she's just taken literally under the wing yeah you know in the coat. there you go and she's going to show her the ropes doesn't she yeah and we get a kind of montage really we don't um, see ropes. No. No. <laughs> but we get, she tells the, them how to make money mm. out of which are the right guys to dance yeah. for. Oh, she educates her in, you want in them, the art. You want them how to exploit the men. Yeah. yeah, you want them drunk, but not so drunk that they can't sign a check, yeah. all that sort of stuff. Yeah, the right ones. She's, guys with a wedding ring are good. She's extremely streetwise mm. and knows exactly the power of, of her position and how to, to work. And, you well, know, I've lives, never been to many strip clubs to be honest but the ones that i have been to i've always had that feeling that the girls are, are very much in control you know and that they they know what I think they you, do a lot more than i've got to go into anyway. a strip club no you know everyone knows that it's completely transactional yeah you know, but there are there'll be idiots you see it in this where 
they just fall for these girls and they just they're giving all their money away and that's yeah, when you right. get in trouble but i've been to a few in my time that's yeah. good, good I, i've <laughs> never been to a strip club so but what i've never been to a strip though? club like, until i went to one have you had a chick like do what they do in this with no the i've never had a lap dance, the, a lap or, anything dance or anything like that, like that. Well, Thailand's the only other place that mm. I've been to. And you go down, you know, in, in Bangkok, there's there's a couple of famous roads that are the red light district. And I walked down there as a kid with my folks, right? you know, <laughs> well, they've got all shops and everything on one side. And it's just, you know, bars mm. and everything going along on the on the other side. So it's it's kind of unavoidable. And it's all very much part of the, the life and the, the, the culture and the jobs and things that people do out there. But yeah, this yeah, anyway. So all of that's going to get cut. J J Lo is. I don't know. I I sort of, and especially when you see her home life later on, that she had been a sort of victim. She had to fight her way up, and now she was at the sort of top. She was, you know, a single mum. I think at some. She said she there was some former glories that she'd been a centerfold, mm. and now she was. I don't know, touring or just going around different clubs and making some money. So she'd fought her way back up to a place where she was in charge of the situation and she knew how to make money out of all these things and she was doing very well for herself so she had all the the know-how that she was then going to teach destiny, destiny you mm. know how to make a few quid and you you'd get a few montages them of them do. doing really well you know champagne's flying everywhere at one point we see cardi b and lizzo also making yeah. appearance they're um, bonding over vibrators and boyfriends and boob jobs and stuff. Yeah, and yeah. Usher comes to the club and that's when they're all every single girl's got on stage to dance for Usher and it's all fucking going mad and then it straight away goes to the the financial crisis of 2008 and it all fucking shuts down. All their fun is now fucking gone. Well, that's the their Well, clients, the story as well is being told to Porter. Julia Stiles. We cut back, don't we? The yeah. film kind of cuts so you know very early on this is an this is from an interview and yeah, 2008 financial crisis hits mm. and a lot of the people that were spending big bucks in these strip clubs and everything suddenly out of work, out of business. It's It has that knock-on effect mm. to everything. And we're not really shown a huge amount about those people, the men who were in the strip clubs. They were kind of faceless Wall Street yeah idiots throwing you get a quick guys on the bottom you see a fat guy who's like just a bit nervous mm. and so you won't get much out of him then you get the middle guys and then there was uh what's the actor's name i can't think of his name he's the the ceo guy and they show him he he comes he doesn't come in through the front door only through oh, the back the back door. street and yeah, then yeah. he goes in this that the was day. frank wally or yes Wiley, that's it wally yeah from, um, um pulp fiction yeah he goes in the special elevator that goes up to the room that's got the only mm. room that's got no cameras and they're the guys they really want there's not a lot of really sexual stuff happening i don't think is there it's not like blowjobs no. and stuff are being handed out by the strippers the lap dances are more the girls together in front of the men bit of and cock action later on down in the line when well, they, that's that's later, isn't that's it? Later on, that's but nothing, nothing here. Mm. Yeah, it's it kind of hits the the girls in the in the jobs because suddenly the work's not there and they're let go and they have to get into a variety of other work. Well, they, Destiny gets pregnant. De as Destiny well. gets a boyfriend and then pregnant and is soon left alone looking after the the kid herself i think she, she says i hope it's a boy and there's a smash cut to three years later and it's a girl that's uh, right yeah they just have some argument we don't know what it's about but he leaves and so you know 
she's a single mum, just like Ramona. And they, she, she has to eventually be, we get another, I guess, like another montage of her having different job interviews and trying to find some line of work. But she's, I think it was a high school dropout mm. even. So she has no qualifications to speak of. She can't even get a job in retail. So we're back into the strip clubs again. Yeah. Yeah. And lo and behold, she bumps back into her old uh, mate Ramona. The matron. Oh, no, she bumps into the matron for oh, her mum. Did which, you see which her? Which is played was, was, by yeah. the, the actress. Mercedes Rule from The Fisher King. From that The was, Fisher King, yeah. who won her Oscar. And the clubs now are mostly staffed by sort of stunning Russian model types who are handing out blowjobs in the back. It's altogether much more like prostitution mm. and less like what it yeah whatever it was the, the girls now are doing more for less money mm. and doing stuff that the, the girls in their previous role were just entertainers and dancers and things now they're they're going further and it's become a, a lot different there's a sad scene where destiny is scammed basically into giving a guy a blowjob it's carefully very carefully shot from her perspective it never goes above her eye line so you're never away from her experience as she sort of gives and then she finds out later that he didn't give the money that she had so she's really sunk to rock bottom i think you know yeah. she's had this yeah yeah he um, says he says oh a hundred and she said we're not supposed to and he says okay fuck it 300 and then she cuts to the interview and she cries and she said i wasn't till after that i realized it was just two 20s or something like that yeah so Baron. it was and and she's actually also talking to to this i think around this time in the diner again with ramona and they're starting to hatch a plan on how to get more money and start hustling Ramona's been working film. at like somewhere like the Gap or something, like folding clothes. And, That's right. Yeah. And her boss is a real asshole and won't let her have time off to go and see Blah, even though she's organised a shift. So you know, yeah. they're, they're all. He was they're such all an working. asshole, wasn't he? he that was guy. Big, he was like, yeah. "Do I look like you know one of those guys? Do I look like I've got?" No, he you says, work for "Do free I was I the father or something?" That's right. It? Yeah. No, so it's like, the father. So why should I give a fuck? Yeah. yeah. So they're all to someone making minimum not. wage or nothing else, and they've got limited options. Um, so they decide to come up. Well, Ramona comes up with this plan, doesn't she? To go. She's fishing. got a little vial of stuff. Well, just before that, it starts a bit not as bad as that because she it's she calls it fishing and she wants to get guys drunk and bring him back to the club, get him really drunk back at the club so that they max out their card. Oh, yeah. and- They're doing shots and they just sling their head back and yeah. throw the, the drink over the bar. Yeah, yeah, um, and yeah, it kind of starts off with almost like oh god, you know, if they have a co- when you go to these places, they try and get you drunk don't they i mean mm. you know they're not not with the the cost of the drinks to be honest but i mean they're always oh buy the girls a drink and whatever mm. it is so the 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 price things go right up and they know obviously get the guy drunk he'll spend a bit mm. more money and eventually you know if the guy's really happy if he's on drugs or he's doing coke he's spending even more and so encouraging that was probably in their mind and then going that next level was mm. starting to drug the guys yeah and they're working off their old client book, essentially yeah. people that they knew before the financial crash. Bring yeah. them into the. Fray. They're giving them ketamine and MDMA, and then it's so a ketamine to knock them out and MDMA to make them happy. Yeah, and we see the the state of some of these fellas. <laughs> yeah. They're in a bad way. Yeah. Well, they're 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 both completely monged out, but happy and smiling and and handing over their their card and or their. 
Well, that getting the card out even and just waving it in it, front of him it, and he's sort of gurning. Going, well, yeah. it, it gets worse <laughs> yeah. and worse, yeah. doesn't it? It gets it, It's an extra step each time where before it was, you know. There's a scene of them making the, yeah. it's like baking between a mother and daughter, but they're <laughs> making uh, ketamine and MDMA and they're yeah. both fucked on the floor. It's quite funny. There's um, We treated you a couple of, you know, the morning after the night before where they're obviously getting phone calls from these guys saying, you know, fuck, I didn't want to spend all that. Mm. You know, you think you've I'm done me I'm getting texts on my phone saying and, I fucking spent and they, too much. She's really ruthless now. It's just like, well, you know, what are you going to do? Call the police or well, she's tell like, your you wife? having a good time. What yeah. are you talking about? Blah, blah, blah. Don't you remember? Mm. Yeah. And a lot of the time the men are too embarrassed or ashamed to do yeah, anything or, or about it. Should, yeah, shouldn't have been there in the first place, yeah. maybe. So, yeah, they've... they've but business that. business is booming again, and they are making some serious do you know, dollar. Do you know how much they were making? How much? So, what is this from the article? For, this is from the article, right. and oh, it's not from the article actually. It's from an interview right. of of one of the guys that had been scammed because it was all over the yeah. the news in in America, and you know the the news, the twenty four hour news programs had picked it up. So one guy got a hundred thousand dollars charged on his card in one night. Jesus. At, at some club in... We do. Yeah, so so. J-Lo does... She's on the phone someone and she says, yeah, max it out to 50. Well, 50K. they disagree, don't they? They have a business disagreement, really, because she wants to just fucking mer- like slash everybody and burn their cards as quickly as possible. Yeah. And Destiny would rather sort of keep them on yeah. and exploit them slowly over time. Yeah. Um, Milk them a bit. That's right. Yeah. Uh, but it is good. Business is good. They have a really successful Christmas. They've hired a load of other... Yeah, business like, is so good. They need some extra, yeah, extra bodies. So there's, well, what were the names Mercedes. of the girls? Well, they they're franchising basically. They they start to um, realize this is so good, and they they can't keep. And other girls, I think, cotton up. So you get the the sisters. There's one scene, isn't there? Oh, my sisters are coming, and then yeah. you get they just march down power, like an attack walking. squadron, you know, yeah. flying in yeah. to take them out. Three gorgeous women mm. just coming to join their fourth gorgeous mate who's chatting to this lucky guy who's well thinks he's lucky he's about to get drugged and robbed yeah because that's that's kind of what happens isn't it each time the morality the... of it is never really discussed in any detail it's just this is the crime well it is justified uh, well by uh, ramona at one point when they're discussing it for the first time and she she gives a kind of insight on the financial crisis from her point of view mm. um, where she says look these guys have fucked everything up what you know who's not one of them gone to jail. None of them gone anywhere. You know, this is just our way of of getting a little bit back and and doing it. These are complete low yeah. lives. These guys. That's and it, the, it, the conversation it, she has. I think goes along those lines. All the shots in the club bathed in neon, and mm. all the shots, and you see all the 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 clients, the customers, the men. Their houses are all these white, pristine apartments and and huge houses in the suburbs. And the girls, as they're making money, are getting the same things. They're getting the same yeah. uh, stuff. So they're just trading on the same level as their their client. That's that's how they rationalise it. Uh, but they're having to bring shadier and shadier girls in, and they bring in Dawn, who's Madeline Brewer, Janine, the one-eyed girl from The Handmaid's Tale. Anybody been? No, I've seen it yet. That's good. Um, she's reckless and just asking for trouble. If you ask for me, uh, if you ask me. But well, they, anyway. they, they, yeah, they start getting girls that have just come out of jail or have a, a drug history. Or Basically, both. fucking liabilities when mm. you're when you're trying to do a hustle and you're trying to get somebody because the operation itself is you need to be quite subtle. So they get the four girls, one guy who's 
just lucky to be there. Can't believe a beautiful girl is sitting next to him. He's just an everyday Joe, but maybe had a good week and, and mm. feeling a bit confident, having a couple of drinks. And, and they just kind of, you know, descend in on him, get him drunk, drug his drink, get him into a taxi, spend all his money. And yeah, you know, this is... Well, things do go wrong for them. Uh, there's one night where Mercedes has got a client and he's jumped out of the front of the... <laughs> Yeah. Um, window and he's missed the pool well this is yeah, yeah this is getting hairy now isn't it they've taken a few more risks and they're taking people home mm. rather than yes. than going to the clubs because they're trying to cut the clubs out of it. yeah they had made an arrangement with the nightclubs to whatever was spent obviously it's being spent in the club but they would get a cut of that but they mm. said well why the fuck are we doing that well, we could just take it all so let's go back to the gaff but then yeah like the risks say, are things. higher and suddenly there's a naked dude on the floor you saw his penis you said yeah three weeks in a row of dick. you wanted to see a penis yeah. so i didn't go. know it was yeah. there but there you go mercedes was wearing the denim swimsuit that ramona was talking about as her fashion brands did you oh, notice right. that i didn't know yeah. so that's a good one i like that it's a good comedy scene where the guy kind of stirs when the co- they, they bundle him naked into the car <laughs> yeah, she whacks it. and then the yeah the cops are there and he sort of stirs and she nails him and then they take him to the uh hospital and then she has to for some reason she hasn't even got time to change her top i guess no. she enjoyed the symbolism of going to drop her daughter off well, I really enjoyed the, the drop-off at A&E because, obviously, they've got to drag a, yeah. a drugged guy out of the car and she just immediately... Oh, my before, husband. Oh, my, my husband. husband. Yeah. And he's just gone about five foot, just stops, yeah. gets back in the car. Yeah. The yeah. But, yeah, she does... It is kind of clunky, this bit, but she drops her kid off at school with the blood stain of the night before mm. on her T-shirt. And then she goes home and her grandmother has died whilst watching television in the living room. And it's sudden and it's unexpected and it's tragic Mm. and it's, you know, real. Yeah, not as sexy, that bit. No. Not really. And then Julia Stiles then cuts back in the reporter and she says, if she asks, was Doug the last straw? Mm. Is what she says. And his name was bleeped at first. Do you remember that? Yeah. Which I didn't understand. No, I don't, yeah. because they do go on to. I don't know whether they said the real guy's name or something. Or when it maybe for the article point of view, they were just saying that names were protected or, or something. Mm. But yeah, Doug was a, a client who was actually a really nice guy. He mm. was he'd had a, a rough deal, not so rough that he couldn't go down to you know a strip club or something and go out with a load of girls. But he didn't maybe deserve what had come. He'd had a, a low on confidence. I think his wife had left him. That's and, right, and. He, he was trying to cheer himself up and, and well, they lost just, his job. Well, they lost, um, he lost his job because they spent all the money mm. um, on his corporate card. And, and I think also his mortgage was. You hear him plead and says, Oh, can you just credit it back onto my debit card? Because that's where my mortgage is going from. And I can't afford to not, you know, pay my yeah. mortgage. So that's pretty barren. You start to mm. hear the actual consequences of what they're doing to people. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Doug then feels forced to go to the police and, well, he's already been to the police because yeah. he's recorded the conversation but, and she, and Destiny has almost admitted her guilt hmm. on it. And then at the same time as this has been happening, Dawn, the dodgy one-eyed handmaid who was caught being dodgy, she's been flipped and yeah. she's wearing a wire now and trying to trap Ramona and 
the Mercedes and Destiny. And they are all eventually caught, aren't they? It's another montage. Yeah. Yeah. J-Lo Ramona is done outside the, the ATM and uh, and lets the kind of money flutter away. And apparently that, that happened as well. That oh, really? Was, uh, that was a scene. That, it's playing that Lord yeah. track, which I do quite like. Yeah. The police tell Destiny that they'll take her child away unless she Destiny's cooperates. Child. Yeah. So, and they offer her a deal and, and she takes it and she explains that to Ramona outside. And the answer is why? Because motherhood. Hmm. Um, and she kind of understands they have a, they kind of hug it out, don't they? They don't hmm. sort of fuss and fight and things like that. I, I don't know whether it went like that in real life. I, I think remember listening to some, somebody saying it, it didn't go like that. It wasn't quite like that, but they didn't get on, you know, mm. she didn't get, she got probation, didn't she? Destiny. They didn't yes. get, the sentences, the probation for five years. Yeah. Same for Ramona, wasn't it? And I think for, was, for Ramona. And then the other ones were getting like weekends, spending the weekends in prison, and then, yeah. which I thought was really weird. I'd never heard of that. No, I didn't Spending the weekends in jail. Yeah. yeah. But she, Destiny calls up Julia Stars' journalist character that I cannot for the life of me remember her name, Elizabeth. And she wants to know a bit of what did Ramona think of me? Did she ever say? And she said, well, I only interviewed her once. And she said she'd, she'd wanted to keep her most valuable possessions because they've obviously taken everything. And she has a picture of Destiny. She, first, she's got um, her grandfather's, like, war yeah, something or other. patch or something. Yeah. yeah. And, and, yeah, no, you're right. It's, and she has this cherished Destiny. photo of, of Destiny. Destiny. So she she did actually have a genuine real, connection real. with her. And, yeah. and it sort of ends with Elizabeth saying you should reach out to her and actually reconnect yeah. well I, you know, I think that's yeah where it kind of mm. that they had obviously had a blue and hadn't got back together and, and but maybe there was light there you know maybe yeah. it could be and it, it, they would have had a blast at some point you know mm. i mean with all the this kind of going on it's it's you know there's from the girl's point of view they're you know as they've justified it to themselves through the financial crash and the people that they're doing i imagine in it for some of the people in some of the ways it would have been easier to justify than some other than men like Doug and and things and Destiny seemed to have that conscience all the way through the the film mm. that, that meant that she she wanted to draw the line a lot sooner than Ramona who was just going to push it until something bad was going to happen mm. you know I mean potentially the guys could have been worse they could have died one of the guys mm. Um, well, that was the way it was headed, really, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah. That, that was what they were showing with the guy who fell out of the wall. We know that Howie didn't get on with this, but what, how did you guys feel with this movie? wasn't for me either. No? no didn't no, dig it? No, I didn't dig it at all. No, it was it was, it was one that I had to go to in a, a few really? watches. Yeah, it was. I, You know, it just didn't get me. I didn't... I didn't think that there was enough tension in it really it just kind of i don't know where it was or there, it just didn't move along at the same pace that it threatened to at the start mm. i wanted to enjoy it i wanted to to get into it but nah i couldn't really i couldn't i can't really say much more it just wasn't for me this one it's probably a six or seven out of ten really for me that i did like it i thought it was interesting because because of the argument that it talk, makes about female empowerment, right, which is going to come around a movie like this, but it's always, it's always going to be hard to make a case for a movie like this being about female empowerment, but they refer to themselves only as dancers. And 
This is a movie with basically an all-female cast written by a woman, directed by a woman, based on an article written by a woman about a bunch of real women. And it's a kind of story that you mostly see with men, this crime thriller. So, yeah. For me as well, though, like, you know, probably a a five or a six out of ten for me. You know, it becomes scattered towards the end. The third act kind of it just didn't really grab me. And the children and motherhood is a bit of a prop in it. But I did like the J-Lo and Destiny stuff. J-Lo's really good in this. um, And uh, the crime stuff is interesting the way it's done. Um, J-Lo, good. Yeah. Well, yeah. How he's going to think I'm trolling him because he... We did sometimes like go completely opposite. I really enjoyed this. Did you? Yeah, I really did. I haven't enjoyed J Lo in anything like musical or acting wise since Out of Sight, which she was fucking tremendous in. I thought she was brilliant I, in this. I and, didn't even like that. Uh, yeah. You didn't like Out of Sight? No. Oh, fucking no. hell, Dan. Oh, no. um, I don't know if it's because my expectations were low because Harry had had three separate pops at this on the on the chat. So I was thinking, God, it's going to be dreadful. And it sort of captured me, not just because it's strip clubs and stuff, but I just thought it was quite good. It did. It felt like um, Goodfellas in the sense mm. that it was um, Henry Hill being interviewed or whatever, and she was, and there was some crimes going on and stuff. Scorsese was actually, he passed. He was offered this and passed on directing it. I mean, it's not a fucking masterpiece by any means, but it was, it didn't overstay its welcome. There was lots of nice eye candy. The story was quite interesting. I've been to a few strip clubs in my time and you can stray, you know, when you, you picture yourself and you know that the girls are coming up to you, oh, hey, what are you doing? Do you want to dance? Oh, you're here on a bachelor party, fucking sound. You know, they're thinking, right, dollars, you know, mm. cash, cash, cash. When they see it. <laughs> <laughs> so you can, you can kind of see how, you know, how the whole thing works, you know, from the, from the dancer's point of view of that you are the, the cash cow and they're going to fucking try and make money. That's yeah. what you're there for. Everyone understands that. So, yeah, I did. I got a kick out of this. I enjoyed it. Sorry, Harry. I know you think I'm taking the piss out of you, but I'm not. I did generally. And the missus as well, she really enjoyed it. Did she? Yeah, yeah she did. Okay. Yeah, no. Yeah, I, no, I, mm. to be fair, I pretty much agree with mm. everything you said there. Bit of a struggle for me. Didn't really get into it. I, I you know, I appreciated that there was su- some good acting performances. Even the story in the article, I, I thought were interesting enough. There was a little bit, maybe not enough. And I know that it wasn't the, you know, this kind of film, but. The fact that, you know, the the morality of what they were doing and things was questioned a couple of mm. times, but it wasn't that kind of film. They're all in it. They're all going for it. And, you know, it was interesting because it did remind me a lot of the time of the big short when we were watching, I guess, right. because yeah. of the themes and stuff. Yeah. Being the same. And then it was Adam McKay and Will Ferrell were the producers on that. And Adam McKay directed the big short, I think, and Will Ferrell was producer on that. Same as on this. So. Cardi B, we mentioned she was, she had, I guess, a cameo sort of appearance in this as a stripper, but she was a stripper and she did admit to doing this sort of thing, illegally yeah. drugging men and exploiting them earlier on in her career. Cardi B did that? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And Lizzo was in there? I, I like Lizzo, actually. I think she's quite funny. The scene where they're cooking up the drugs yeah. and they're passed out is supposed to mimic the twins in The Shining of the dead bodies, the way Love they're it. laid out, which is kind of interesting. Right, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That, was, that was, I mean, there were good scenes in this. I thought mm. when Destiny meeting J-Lo on the rooftop, I thought that was a, a really good scene. I know you, you mentioned it earlier. And I thought that baking scene was good as well. Some of the dance scenes when Usher came in, you could, you know, that it looked a great night and 
to his own music. To the his whole own part music, of the of movie where they're exploiting guys and it's getting worse and, you know, think it's comedy and tragedy and all that sort of stuff going on. That's all really good, that stuff. It's just bungle. I think it bungles the end a bit and the motherhood thing is a bit underdeveloped a bit between them because I didn't fully understand their relationship other than instant mother hen. Like yeah. You said. yeah. Scott Walker on the soundtrack as well. So that's always a good sign. I listened to that track today, though. It was a difficult listen. Maybe you've got to be in the right mood. Well, the budget of this was 20 million. So they... This got the green light eventually because they couldn't find a director for it eventually, the the what's the name that wrote it, directed it. And it was done and dusted in about six months, I think. It was it was a quick production. Yeah. So budget was twenty million. I was wondering how much J Lo would have made for this because she was, you know, showing a lot of skin. And I was thinking about when Halle Berry got her boobs out in Swordfish yeah. and she got paid a hell of a lot yeah. of money for that. But and then the budget being twenty million, I thought maybe Did she get her boobs out? J-Lo. In Not this. in this, no, but, you know, a lot of skin on show. Yeah. She was in fine form for... Uh, well, for any age. For the age that she is. 50, so you, 52 you, now, I looked it up. She's mm. 52. Yeah. So, yeah, like 20 million for the budget, what do you reckon? Well, I reckon J-Lo is probably taking some of the percentage, and, and I don't normally look, but I, I know that this was a winner. Oh, okay. Was it? There you go. 158 mil. Big winner. Decent return. Big winner. Yeah. Yeah. Her music is fucking dreadful. I really, really hate her. Yeah, I'm not music. a massive fan of her, you know, music or act, acting wise, to be honest. It's not like, oh, there's a J-Lo film. I'm going to go and see it. Or there's no. a J-Lo. You I'm know, not seeing, kind of is thing. it The Cell? Uh, you think that's quite good, don't you? Well, yeah. Bonkers, but. Yes. Yeah. Out of sight, you're wrong, Dan is brilliant. And I'm no, back on board now. Because the turn is really good. And she's really good in that as well. You seen that one? Oliver Stone? Yeah. It's, yeah. It's really good. So I'm a fan yeah, I would Dan say Howie I'm a fan. Not- I'm more convinced of it than the more you talked about it as well. Yeah, I mean, it it, it takes on, a, again, an interesting story. I just don't think it does it that well. So let's say that it's a draw. 2-4-2 two, two, two yeah. against our devoted listeners will have to let us know what they think. Yeah. A, Peter a- could, could give us his opinion on a pod when he comes back. Yeah. And settle it, maybe. It'd be interesting to hear what some of our female listeners mm. thought of this movie, if they've seen it. Yeah. If you haven't, it's on Netflix. Check it out and then let us know what you think. Teletubbies. Mm. I'm amazed it's taken us this long to get around to Teletubbies, but was it you who nominated in the Night Garden? Yes. Which is a kind of sequel sort of thing to this. It's Companion piece. Yeah. Yes, made by the same production company ragdoll i think yeah but this is the original mm, the multiple bafta award winning yeah teletubbies if, if you don't know what teletubbies is then you've probably been living under a rock everybody knows what teletubbies is and yeah how many awards is this one well only two baftas that only, I saw. only two only two are nominated for many more um, yeah. and all sorts of stuff but serialized out to lots of different every country's got a variant on it. yes they do yes <laughs> lots of different dolls and toys and all that kind of stuff came from this as well didn't it yeah principally just the plush dolls of the, the... they weren't cheap when they first came Th- out these were one of the ones do you remember i don't know if it happened so much anymore but there was a a time when there was a toy that you couldn't get at christmas time yeah, yeah. and these the one year it was these yeah. and now I... it's just stuff like crisps yeah. You can't get crisps yeah. because Bug Brexit roll. and COVID. What yeah. was what was the Schwarzenegger film? Was it Jingle All the Jingle Way? All the way yeah. That was around that same theme of not being able to get 
the Christmas present in time. Mm. Um, not quite at a Christmas edition. Not yet. This one starts like many of the others with the individual tubbies sliding down the slide. Four and a half minutes before we got into what this was, mm. which I guess is the same in every thing. Mm-hmm. Because you have the same intro. It's so fucking laboured, this programme. Well, the, the, My- the intro, I hadn't seen this for years and I'd kind of forgotten that I could have fast forwarded through the first like 10 minutes and lost nothing over the plot. Well, I gave it my all same, for this because yeah, I, so did I. I, I really watched it because I thought I haven't seen this in I a while. I watched it but today. Watched, this was a something same. that, yeah, same. It was something that you could put on and the kids would be raptured by Engaged it. Engaged by, mm-hmm. yeah. So it would buy you 20 minutes. The Teletubbies themselves, they've got, they're sort of giant baby aliens, aren't they? And they've got squid game style geometric shapes on their <laughs> yeah. antennas to denote their authority within the hierarchy. Is that what that is? Yeah, yeah, because they're prisoners in a nightmarish gulag where they're controlled by the omniscient narrator and an evil infant son. They're potentially biogenetically engineered slaves. Right. Yeah. They don't come across that way. They're all kind of happy, laughing. Are they, though, Dan? Are they? Because there's an eerie noise in this one, and then a giant uh, paper wind turbine outside calls them to do its bidding. They well, have their a... stomachs go funny. Well, they? yes, exactly. Their antenna light up, and then their stomachs receive a scrambled digital pattern, don't they? Like a, a like a, a telly on their tummy. Then they blow on each other's tutor. Well, we haven't got to that quite yet because you have to get through the real life bit, yeah. which yeah. is always hard. Teletubbies evolved to have televisions in their stomachs or were they, or they, they were designed enhanced cybernetically? I would say almost certainly, like the Borg. Mm. We're told stuff. about Chinese New Year. Mm. Yeah, I just, By yeah, Jonathan. I, did, I glazed over a little bit of this bit. Oh, no, well, I, I, it was Jonathan, you're yeah, right, yeah. It, so it, it was Jonathan and his brother Howard yeah. and his sister Chloe, I believe. Yeah. They're all there having fun as their uncle Tony, Tommy, shook the uh, the dragon's head. Yeah. And, and they're all having fun. You learn yeah, because it was bit. 1997. This is going right back. Right. In Chinese looks, New Year, the year of the dragon. They gave a lettuce to the dragon. A good luck lettuce. A good luck lettuce. <laughs> Didn't know that. It must have been, I guess. Yes, so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and evil sun smiles. The tubbies have done well. Do you remember, Riggs, if you cast your mind back to 997, that was our last year at secondary school. Yes. At Victoria College. And in the sixth form change room, the art boys, so like uh, Tim LeBrun, Elliot Dodge, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mikey Rain, they would record this and then we'd all be watching like Goodfellas or something like Larry would be on, on the, you know, the fucking VHS TV <laughs> thing. Yeah. And the art lot would come in and say, no, fuck that lot. And they just make everyone watch Teletubbies. Nice. Nice. <laughs> when this um, um, scene of the in Teletubbies here goes into the Chinese New Year mm. and then they come out and then it goes back in again. Yeah. I thought that was unnecessary. That was unnecessary. But then I realised, obviously, it's aimed at kids and it's reiterating the fact. <laughs> yeah, it? I know, but it's... Um, so you could do without that bit. Really, it, it did. You? It did yeah. seem an unnecessary surprise. I mean, there are with every one of these ones that we do when we're talking about kids stuff. There is two ways to look at it because it's for kids, right? This yeah. is for infant children. Yeah. The problem is, I had to watch it with my eyes. Yeah. As an adult at work, JP doesn't listen to this, with no children there, so it's like fucking torture. Yeah. And the and the. The worst thing that I do when I do it every single time is check how long it is 
And I was thinking this would be 10 minutes and it was no, 20. It's 20 minutes, yeah. And 24. it takes so long to get into the bit. So I'm like, where's the fucking Chinese New, the Chinese New Year bit? Like, you know, they're fucking rolling around on the floor and making yeah. stupid noise at each other. Yeah. And then you, and I started to look at them and, and determine, yo, they are slightly different looking. You know, yeah. they're not just the four, just different colors. Their faces are slightly different. And one looks a little bit more like a dog and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> oh my god, this is fucking tragic. Yeah, it's great, probably, but it's not. I don't yeah. know if it does it. Is it? I don't know what it's like. Educational value is. I, 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 I they say hello to each other and then they say goodbye at the end, and it's teaching them niceties and a little mm. bit of. I don't know, kids. What age group this is aimed at? Do they really pick up about Chinese New Year? Maybe I don't mm. know. Through osmosis, they might learn I, a little bit, but I, I don't know. I, I, but it I is fun it, to pick but, up in isolation the yeah, stuff that's happening but, because, like in this one, we still haven't got to the main. Like bit of fun big, that, no, that, big the blow on my tutor. Yeah. No, yeah, but that wasn't the main bit. The main bit was the Chinese New Year, yeah. and you're learning something. But then maybe that's a slightly older kid, and then it goes down into, or maybe it's the same kids because the what what they called those things? They're like the the. The well, they call it a tutor. They call this. it a tutor, but what are they really? It's called? one of those, like a small vuvuzela that has, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. that has the thing that it's rolls out that like inevitably that breaks the second time. Is you use there it. no yeah. word for that in English? What is that? It's I like a party, party, whist, party, party flute. Flute. horn. <laughs> In this, they call it a tutor. You can kind of picture the thing. It's that paper thing on the end of a horn that you, you that kids blow into, up. and it rolls out, and it goes. Meh. Well, it just materializes from nowhere. But the omniscient narrator, because the Teletubbies do live in a fully deterministic universe, because mm. the narrator knows everything that's going to happen just before it, and they, but they can interact and listen that's to him. That's the adult, is it? Well, it's just the voice, yeah. isn't it? So the tutor appears, and the flowers shake and ask, "What's that?" Um, yeah, and then Poe arrives on her scooter and finds the tutor, and doesn't and she blows the tutor? Doesn't see it, a big blow on the tutor. It is. It's enormous as well. It's as it extends as long as she is high. Yeah, um, it's a big old tutor, and, and she laughs, and the evil baby agrees who, in the sun. <laughs> then who comes? Is it? Is it? Lala turns up. No, Lala. They come in order. Lala, because it, it doesn't want to give its straight away no oh. she's happy to hand it over it's fine it's all happy <laughs> they, no. they managed to see it out yeah they, they do the blows or or anything well they get or... into giggle fits and uh, she she yeah they, on they the tutor and it goes bigger <laughs> and they collapse to the floor in laughter the tutor tickles the bum it tickles its bum yeah, yeah it, it tickles toots, Blows and toots all the way mm. across the hills and everything. And, and it goes the, through about four, it does. four television sets. Yeah. Yeah. And then the narrator says about, oh, they decide to give it a very big blow. And the both of the the, the tubbies just laugh. Yeah. As if they can hear it. And the blow's funny. And then they blow it. And yeah. And then it gets Tinky Winky's bum. And Tinky Winky, I think, is the one that was a gay icon, isn't it? Is that? I don't know. The purple one with right. the triangle symbol, I think, is also associated That's with... That's definitely a squid game. Uh, yeah. Spice Girls. Do you want a Teletubby height fact? Yeah. Yeah. I think I, I'd never paid any attention. I kind of thought they were all the same, just different colours. They're all over six feet tall. What? And the people po. playing them are all under Even six po. feet tall. Paul. Under. Yeah, Paul. Poe, the red one, is six foot six inches. La La, the yellow one six feet five inches tall i would have said that poe is the smallest 
Dipsy, the green yeah, one, is, is eight feet tall. Yeah. And Tinky Winky, the purple one, is ten feet tall. Wow. Terrifying. So, so then the rabbits that mm. that go around are those giant fucking rabbit, that breed of giant, because otherwise they would be fucking... I've got the name of the, of the breed, if you want it. <laughs> yeah, I do want it. It's uh, the Blanc du Bouscat Vienna Grey crossbreed of rabbit. They are enormous. Yeah. Wow. And the area that they live in real life the area the people that owned it got so fucking fed up of people going there <laughs> that they flooded it and basically turned it into a reservoir or a lake wow um, how many people were going there that they, they needed um, to flood their own land yeah it's called the Wimpstone in warwickshire site and yeah there were just fucking loads of trespassers and people going up there so they fucking flooded it and turned it into a lake which i thought was quite good uh, originally, the tubby phone was going to be able to transport the the tubbies to the real world, putting that as a potential crossover with the Matrix, which would be nice, wouldn't it? It's voiced by Jane Horrocks. Yeah, the phone. Do you remember her? Yeah, little voice. Yeah, mm. right. Yeah, of course. I mean, I I don't think I'd recommend to a listener to watch this, but if it was you, okay to revisit it and remember the kids. The kids. If, you, if you got if you got little ones mm. and you want twenty minutes, then this is. And popular. <laughs> they made 367 episodes. That's a yeah. lot so of 20 minutes. You there's could, one per day. You could effectively bring up your children if you just sit mm. through this. Through all Endlessly the looping. Yeah. Is there a spin-off-y thing called the Tiddly Tubbies? Get fucked. There isn't, is there? I do believe so. Yeah, they were in the Revival series. <sighs> Names are Mimi, Dada, Bar, Ping, Ruru, Nin, Duggle D and Bipumbi. <laughs> That's way too many. They got their own animated spin-off series in 2018. I can't believe you just know all this off the top of your yeah, head. Yeah, I, I know. Maybe we should visit that at some point. Riggs has alluded to it already, but the Sun Baby is actually a demon. Mm. Is is this official stuff? Yes, kind of, people. Well, it often, uh, throughout the programme, it screams at the tubbies, mm. sometimes in annoyance. People see a demonic visage take over the baby's face as it expands just for a second right before it explodes, thus sending a subliminal horrific image to the children. Mm. There's definitely something a bit weird, isn't there? Mm. There's also a Harry Potter connection. Yeah. Yes, of course. Yeah, go on. <laughs> Dumbledore. Uh, well, no, both came out in 1997. Mm. The antennae on the head of Tinky, Winky, Dipsy and Poe are the three symbols when combined that create the Deathly Harrows. Yes. Hallows mm. yeah. from oh, that, is Harry that, Potter. Is that Quidditch then? That's, that, well, it's That's it. Fact. That is amazing. One episode was so terrifying, the seesaw episode, which had a lion and a bear make, made of moving cutouts, that they had to withdraw that one because mm. it was too scary for kids. Yes, I saw that. It's, I honestly, I, the shapes on their head, I just thought Squid Game the mm. whole way through because of the shapes on their head. So, And then the masked, yeah, whatever. It, were there always the, the live television parts in Teletubbies? I yeah, but it yeah. was regionalised as well, I think. So if you were in Spain, you'd get Buenos dias, donde esta el ayuntamiento, or something, you know, and make more sense, I mm. guess, to them. Um, the original Tinky Winky was sacked. Was it drinking? His interpretation of the role was not acceptable. I'm proud of the work I did. I was always the one to test out the limitations of the costume. Mm. So I don't know. Um, <laughs> candidates, what does that this, mean? I don't know. Candidates for the Metropolitan Police Special Branch were asked to name all four Teletubbies in the entrance exam. Well, you've got to yeah. be... You if know, you're a parent, you'd know it. It that was to, really just to test the breadth of their knowledge. Simon Shelton, 
who was Tinky Winky, said in 2013, we used to receive a lot of fan mail from kids and parents. I suppose we were a bit like the Beatles. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Bigger I than the Beatles. I think that story about the guy who was sacked for his interpretation is really interesting. I can't imagine... I wonder if he'd come on the pod. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> if you're listening. His name, Dave Thompson. So yeah. it can't be too hard to track down. Anne Wood and Andrew Davenport, who... Anne Wood what? Yeah, Kenwood. They were the owners of Ragdoll, the mm. production company which made this. They sold it in 2013. Have you any idea how much money they might have made from that? Oh. I reckon that was the time to get out because it was obviously. When did that- you say? 2013. Yeah, because there was a reboot. I wonder if that was before or after. I think that was after that. I reckon they probably sold it for like 100 million or something stupid. No, 17.4 million, which is still decent. But they would have owned the rights. Yeah. You know, all the time that it was the merchandising. Well, I've got some stat about the merchandising. They made, some, they made some bucks. Bear with me. This is all good content. It's what people are paying for. Well, yeah. It's what exactly. they should be paying for. It is just send us one pence. So the series, something. blah, 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 rapidly became a commercial success in Britain and abroad. It won multiple BAFTA awards and was nominated for two daytime Emmys throughout its run. Blah, blah, blah. A single based on the show's theme song reached number one in the UK singles chart in 97 and remained in the top 75 for 32 weeks, selling over a million copies. By 2000, October 2000, the franchise had generated over 1 billion in merchandising sales. Yeah. Mm. So Somebody's making some money. They'd made a fair whack of cash by the time they just flogged it. So, you know, they did okay out of this. Yeah. Okay. Well, they've probably got a... And another idea. What else have they done, do you say? they went? Well, to... they did In the Night Garden. In the Night Garden. Effectively the same thing. Yeah. But better. In the Night Garden is better than this. Yeah. A little more complex. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I, I found it painful, frankly, to watch. But I didn't mind I'm because... I'm not the target audience, so who cares what I think? Yeah. I, I enjoyed sort of see it, revisiting it one last time and then... Just describing the plot is fun because yeah. it's so ridiculous. It's, it's probably more... There's a bit where he, the green one, Dipsy, gets tickled and he's wearing a giant pimp hat. <laughs> Remember? It's a black and white pimp hat. It's, and it, so he must be about 11 foot yeah. tall with that yeah. fucking hat on. And the um, way they just kind of fall about laughing over the... You can interpret everything in different ways and i'm sure yeah. when they're making it they're like well, let's do this because you know you can effectively do whatever you want and have a laugh behind the scenes at what your anchored meaning of it kids don't yeah. pick up on the same stuff as you are but um, i quite enjoyed the the real life bit the first time around but then the second time around was it felt like a punishment i, th- I think it's <laughs> i think it's still a useful parenting tool yeah yeah it's, it, quite, it's, it's definitely uh, got, you know it obviously works for for real young kiddies i i watched it with my daughter and Do they? Like, she's yeah she must she, have hated she it. was nine no she sat there and just she, right she just kind of because it's just easy watching you know and there's something happening i would have thought she would find it too infantile for, it, you know well, normally she would yeah. i would i think but we just sat there and we watched it and she didn't you fair know, enough you know it's just i wonder what how he preferred this or hustlers he'd have to watch Six episodes of this for it to be the same length. Yeah, yeah so. that's fair. Okay. Uh, well, it's uh, good to be back in our normal podcasting routine. I hope you enjoyed the stuff that we put out last week, but that does leave us with no spares, so we will have to get together and record some 
extra episodes as well as what we're going to do for next week, which I'm nominating for, that we're going to do top five movie masturbations. Right. The midweeker is going to be Peter Jackson's Brain Dead. <laughs> and the main feature is American Animals, which is Evan Peters. Okay. And someone else, maybe Miles Teller. That's not true, actually, but it is him. And then a kids thing. I haven't determined yet what that's going to be. Are you familiar with Brain Dead, Dan? No. <laughs> I think you're really going to like that. Okay. And and what did you say the main one was again? I American just... Animals. American Animals. I think it's 2016, something like that. Cool. Okay. I think it might just be us three again, but we'll see how we get on. Oh, I and am the thousands looking forward. of listeners out there as well. Oh, I am looking forward to what you've got to say about Brain Dead. Right. Okay. Yeah. Peter Jackson, you know, so Beatles, what could go wrong? Yeah. So we'll find out what you thought about that next week. Until then, all that remains is to say, Sidey signing out. Reeks out. Dan's gone. <laughs>